0: Inside Chicago Government. Shygov.com.
1: Starting in late January, Chicago Public Schools, or CPS, has held two rounds of community meetings citywide at which it has taken public input about schools under consideration for closure. On February 16th, CPS held one such meeting focused on four schools in the Ravenswood, Andersonville, Uptown, and Buena Park neighborhoods on the north side. I want to thank you in advance for coming out today. I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts and your feelings about your school and your community. CPS has announced a list of 129 schools that it might close citywide because they are, among other things, underutilized, which to CPS means that they're at less than 70% capacity. At the most recent round of community meetings, CPS has challenged supporters to testify as to why CPS should not close their schools. We're committed to listening to and working through these decisions in the best way for your community. At the February 16th meeting held at the Truman College Gym in Uptown, an ethnically and age-diverse crowd of about 600 parents, students, teachers, and community members packed the bleachers. Their support for their schools was enthusiastic and vocal. Less vocal were eight staff members from CPS, arrayed at tables in front of the crowd, most of whom sat quietly during nearly two hours of intense and often emotional public testimony. As part of that testimony, representatives from each school spoke out as to why their schools should stay open.
0: Hello, I am Gabe Poyam, in second grade at Stockton. I've been there for three years. I... I really don't want it to close. It is a great school.
1: The speakers were students, their parents, teachers, and in one case...
0: We believe in our kids. We will not turn our backs.
1: ...a school's principal. Venus Shannon is the principal of Trumbull Elementary, a school of almost 400 students at Foster and Ashland. Shannon blasted the way in which CPS has determined that certain schools are underutilized.
0: I've had the opportunity to speak uh, several times, actually, before the Illinois General Assembly Chicago Educational Facilities Task Force. And at the last meeting where there was Mr. Babbitt, it's his department that actually formulated the formula for space utilization. He admitted in open session that the formula does not take into account any school that has over 8% uh, special education student population. We have 37%.
1: Shannon is talking about Todd Babbitts, who has the title of Chief Transformation Officer at the CPS Central Office.
0: At this point, What the formula does is takes your entire enrollment and divide it by 30. By federal and state law, there are limits to the uh, amount of special education students that can be in there. Like for Trumbull, we have limits of seven students per classroom. We have another limit of 14 students per classroom. We have yet another one that has six. We cannot be divided by 30. It will not give you the right number.
1: After school representatives finished their statements, CPS gave other members of the audience two minutes each to speak. One speaker, Andres Hernandez, a teacher at Von Steuben High School on the north side, questioned the whole idea of underutilization. You know, when I went to school, our classes were forced into mobile units, overcrowding. And overcrowding was fine for many years. And not if we've gotten sizes down, which all research and my experience has proven that smaller class sizes are better. Suddenly it seems to be a problem. Hernandez says that the administrators who seek higher rates of school utilization either don't know or don't care that this will mean larger class sizes. Suddenly they're saying, ah, oh, sorry, we need to have these more kids in the classroom. We don't need that. I think parents clearly understand that. I think students clearly understand that. Teachers clearly understand that. The bureaucrats, as one parent said, who don't have any experience or have that connection, they don't understand that. Another speaker was Wendy Catton of a Chicago-based coalition called Raise Your Hand, which works to help parents advocate for their kids' education. Caten objected to the manner in which CPS holds these community meetings. She said that it's disrespectful to the communities that support their schools.
2: It's extremely humiliating that you all have to be here begging and pleading and providing information that people sitting right here should have about your schools. They should be here with transition plans for a safe and educational transition for your students this late in the year.
1: After the meeting, Katton told me that it appears that CPS hasn't done its homework.
2: Some of the basic information that parents are having to present are just things that CPS should just know and have, whether it's special ed percentages or, you know, how many rooms are used for bilingual resource rooms or autism rooms. I mean, all of these things they the district should have at this point, they should be coming to meetings well-prepared and with an abundance of information.
1: At each meeting in its second round of community meetings, CPS distributes a list of questions they want school supporters to answer such as, how consistent has your school leadership and teaching staff been? And, what are your school's academic priorities and goals? But Wendy Catton says that the meeting format is one-sided. CPS staff ask no questions, forcing parents and community members to guess at just what sort of answers CPS wants to hear.
2: It really feels like this is just some weird process of elimination in the hopes that parents will bring the correct, you know, and right information that the district should have at this point to make these decisions.
1: CPS did distribute what it called network-level data and metrics about particular schools in its first round of public meetings. But Catton says CPS should bring to each of the current meetings a detailed analysis and observations about each school.
2: I think they should come armed with information and kind of a sketch of a plan so that they could then engage. I don't think that really feels like engagement to parents when they're just sort of being stared at stoically and you have no idea what the other side knows or, you know, have they, have they been into the building. Some of these schools say that no one from CPS has even done a walkthrough. So it's just it's very one-sided.
1: We asked CPS officials to react to criticism about calculating school utilization and the format of the public meetings, but they didn't respond before our deadline. For Inside Chicago Government, I'm Dave Glowatz.